Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we will explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, I have with me Sarah and Dina. We are going to be talking about homeschooling multiple children. A little bit of advice for you today. Um, Sarah has is a homeschooling mom of 10, although they're not all homeschooling yet. And she is the mom behind the vlog, Our Tribe of Many, on YouTube. And Dina is a homeschooling mom of four, and she is a blogger over at Sunlight. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about their family. Um, Sarah, why don't you give us a start? Okay, well, like um, Stephanie said, we have 10 kids. Uh, Our oldest is 16, and grade, oh, homeschooler here. Uh, I think he'd be like (laughs) around 11th grade, and then we have kids all in school down to kindergarten so we have a five or six year old <laughs> and then we have children all the way down to our just turned one year old Seth so we have five boys and five girls my husband is a pastor and we uh, he's from Kenya so we're an international family and we've been using sunlight almost all the way for our homeschool career and we've only homeschooled so thank you Sarah and Dina welcome hello um, I am married to Tim and he is a children's pastor actually. So I guess we've got a pastor's wife's things going today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, we have four children. They range from 14 to nine. So our cluster is a little bit condensed there. Um, but we've been homeschooling for almost 10 years now and we've used sunlight for nine. And we started, I actually sent my oldest son to kindergarten because I am a former public school teacher and never considered anything different ever, never even dreamed of homeschooling. And in kindergarten, um, it seemed like I was just constantly pushing him out the door. And then we would come home and it was homework and dinner and back to bed. And then in the morning, it was back out the door. And so I told my husband, I said, this is not working for me. I was like, I don't ever get to see him and we just need to pray about something different. And so we both prayed about it and we felt like uh, God was leading us to homeschool. And so we started right then and there. And um, that next year he was in first grade and we've been homeschooling ever since. Very good. Well, I know that you guys can offer so much advice about homeschooling multiple children, which is why I asked you to join me today. I want to know, and this is also a very funny question because I know for homeschool moms, there's nothing typical about a day, but what does a typical day look like for you? Wow. Well, I can start, I guess. Um, a typical day for me starts really early because I want to get a head start of my children. I think a lot of moms will understand what that's like. Doesn't always happen with little babies and pregnancies and things like that, but it sure helps. And then, um, my kids work very independently. So 
a typical day for us is that they get up and we do breakfast and stuff and then they start um, their work. So some of them are more, they all have lists of what to go through every day. So some of them are motivated to get up early, maybe even when I get up and start their list ahead. And so that they can have lots of time to play outside with their friends and that kind of thing. But yeah, so I have some time. I have time in the morning where I meet with one child, a different child every day. And then I try to read all the like history and science type things in the morning before lunch. And then in the afternoon, I try to read all the read alouds out loud. And so that's kind of how I just block schedule my day. And then I have time that I work and then goes on from there, dinner and bed. So that's just like in a nutshell of uh, what my day looks like and how my kids kind of fit theirs into that. So that's awesome. Um, I, the block scheduling is kind of like what we do. Um, we have always, always, always started the day all together on couches and we start with the Bible because a long time ago, I, we, when we started homeschooling, we decided that the main thing that we wanted to teach was that, you know, God sent Jesus to, you know, to save the world. And, and so we decided if we did that every single day, everything else would fall into place and we wouldn't have to worry so much. Um, and it's been true for the past almost 10 years. Um, and so we always start with Bible all together. And then my kids, we kind of like to get our tougher subjects out of the way and then finish up with the fun stuff. So we kind of have a math block in the morning and a language block. And then we take a break, we come back and we do some uh, read aloud and science, and then we take a lunch break, and then we come back and do history. And then the end of the day, everybody likes to finish by reading. And that's kind of the final part of the day. Um, and then my older kids, now that they're junior high, high school, they are kind of getting to set their own schedule a little bit more and so they are playing with what they like my oldest son likes to start the day reading and then get into the hard stuff so that's kind of fun to to watch them get some independence and set their own schedule very good so you guys are both homeschooling multiple children at multiple ages how is it i know that you both have different um, ways of doing it. So let's get into those dirty details of how exactly you're doing it. Um, so we have always kind of approached it as a combined um, effort. So we, um, I, in fact, really until just this last year, maybe two, um, we combined all four of my kids, which it, it's a, probably a little easier for me because we only go from 14 to nine, you know, so there's kind of a little five-year gap there. Um, but we always combine the couch subjects, which, you know, Sunlight talks a lot about couch subjects and table subjects. And so we combine the couch subjects, which is um, Bible history and science. And my perspective was always that if I teach the upper level, the younger kids will get what they can get and then they'll discard the rest until we come back around to it. And um, that's always been a pretty good strategy for us. And my younger girls um, have always just kind of come right along. I mean, you know, I can't remember, they were preschool when we started and even at preschool age, they were sitting there and doing the experiments with us. And so, it's just always been kind of, we all 
do a lot together. And then um, we break up on subjects, you know, the table subjects like math and language. And so they each have their own little, you know, their own little agenda in those. Very good. Sarah. Yeah. So for us, um, I love hearing Dina talk about her day. Um, ours does look different and it's looked different, of course, throughout the years, because now I have 10 kids and I didn't always have 10 kids. Like I had, I started with one and they've all come one at a time. And so it has definitely changed a lot over the years, but we do like Dina, um, we do meet for together and do Bible together right after breakfast time. But um, like I said, I meet with my children and I have them each in their own core, <laughs> which is crazy. I know, I don't think a lot of people do that because sunlight is a lot of books, but um, I have to employ some help to do that because I can't just read, I would be reading like nonstop and we only school four days a week, but in my mind, we go hard really four days and then we play hard. So um I guess, so each of my kids, as they've grown into the grades, we just have all the grades and they move through them. So a lot of the times after another in each core, um, but it works for our family because we use, uh, we use, I, first of all, I meet with them once I meet with them and write a list for like, I have six that I write lists for. So seven students total, but the kindergartner, I do all of it with her every day. So the other ones are all very good readers of course. And so they, I write a list for them of all the things I want them to get through that day. And if it's something that needs to be done with me, I write an M next to that thing. So they come find me. So I have them kind of pursuing me because I also have babies and toddlers and I have a thousand interruptions. I also have a business that I'm doing from home. And so for me, it works better um, if they come find me for that subject that they need and they get everything done, if I'm busy, they can move on in their list to something else. And then they come to me when I have a chance. And so that ensures that they're getting what they need from me, but they're also having plenty to do on their own. And so once in a while they get to the end of their list and they go outside and play, cause I still don't have time. And, and I know, okay, they have something still, and I'll call them back in when I have a second for them. So I guess if that explains it well, but, um, yeah, I also use audiobooks. We have every book physically. A lot of times I'll have them read along with the audiobook. But when we started with my oldest, I made sure I read everything along with him. And so I know the books well. And we've used the same course. And that's one thing I love about Sunlight is I'm not buying new stuff all the time because we have all these books and I've read them. So the older grades, I haven't necessarily read all of those, but I've read everything. So I learned in the beginning how to ask the questions, reading those Sunlight discussion guides and things. I don't even look at those anymore. I haven't looked at them for years, but I know how now, cause it taught me how to have these discussions with my kids. And so they read and they come talk to me about it. And so there's not audiobooks for everything for sure. Um, I love it when there's audiobooks and my kids love audiobooks cause they'll just, they'll do a whole book in a couple of days where it will take me weeks to read to them. And so they'll, they'll get ahead or ca we'll catch up that way sometimes when it's taking me a long time to get through one with them. I also just this year have started recording myself with a child reading, which probably is a little outside the box, but um, some of these books I've read now six times and I'm, I'm getting tired of some of them. <laughs> so I, I read through the, with that, I read it to the child, but I record myself. And then I, I bring up discussion questions that I normally always do with that book on camera, or I'll tell them, I want you to look at this picture right now in the book or that kind of thing. So I'm actually, or explain things that I would normally explain to them. 
Um, also, we do audiobooks together while I'm doing something with a little one. And, and then my little ones also come alongside my kindergartner, like uh, Dina was saying, and they do everything. So, so by the time they get to that kindergarten age, they have had all the preschool they need by going through kindergarten several times with the kindergartners, you know? Um, but that's, I, I hope that explains it, but that's kind of how we fit it in. We used to live by my mom and my grandma down the street. They would read audiobooks, or, or not audiobooks, they would read the read alouds for me sometimes. And my kids have special memories of, oh, I remember that book. I read it with grandma. She read that one to me. And so I've employed help of family members and all kinds of things. Um, but we do combine science. Like I go with my oldest in science and I combine the one just under them. So I, when they start sunlight science, I'll take the one just under and just bring them along with that. And that it's worked well for science. I tried it once for a core and it didn't work so well for me. So I went back. Nope. I'm just going to keep them separate because we got something that works for us. I guess. So it might sound a little wild, but it's a lot, it's a lot for me, but they love it. And it, it gives me special time with each one of them. I always do the history and stuff with them. So I have time maybe as a mom of many, it helps me to have that one-on-one -on -one time with them, which I find very precious on the couch. Just, um, it's kind of the opposite of Dina. Couch time for us is one-on-one -on -one time, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. So you do, you both have older siblings for the younger siblings. Do you em employ them to help at all? How, how are they involved in, in oversight or teaching some of the younger kids? Do, do they do that at all? Well, I have never, I have never just, you know, said, you go do this a whole lot. Um, my oldest son is really gifted with younger kids. I mean, he's just always been that one that will just sit and he would sit with my girls and listen to them read for hours, you know, and it, that's not easy to do to listen to a beginning reader for a long, long time. Um, and so he's really gifted in that. And I, I would do that with him quite a bit. Um, but now, you know, it, I kind of let it happen organically because when one of my kids needs me and I'm busy or they can't, you know, I can't help them right then. Sometimes they'll pull an older kid and say, can you show me how to do this real quick so I can get this done? You know, <laughs> and they always help each other do that. So, I mean, it's kind of, I think homeschooling is so cool in that way that it really promotes that sibling bond through education and literature. You know, my kids, it, like Sarah was saying a minute ago, she's read these books six times, but my kids, when they see their younger sibling with a reader, you know, they're like, oh, I read that one. You're going to like that so much, you know, and so that culture has kind of developed in our family. And I really believe that that's one of the things that makes all of my kids such good readers is that they've seen the older ones, you know, go before them and they're like, oh, they read this book. They liked it. I'm going to like it too, you know? So I don't know. We don't really, I don't officially employ them as tutors, but it happens a lot, you know, just kind of on their own. Yeah, I would say the same as, it's very similar in our house. I don't do it on a regular basis, but um, my middle kids, middle that middle age is so eager. <laughs> they love everything, you know. They love science experiments, so they're helping the little ones with science experiments all the time. And then 
it's nice to have kids who have been through algebra successfully that can help the younger ones here and there. So um, my kids love to step in and help where they want to. It's rare that I ask them to do something, but they also, um, they look at the younger one's books. Oh, you're going to love that. Or can I read that one out loud to her? I loved that book. And so I have, I have some, I have like you, I have some kids that are uh, more, uh, they're just better with the younger ones than others. And that are more read, readily willing to do that kind of thing. Um, I also, for a long time, I would have my kids when they finish their year, I'd have them write a letter to all the kids coming after them of their favorite, like telling them their favorite things that they loved about that core, what you're going to love. <laughs> and so we look at the idea. letter when we pull out the core, we're like, oh, let's read Judah's letter when he was in third grade and <laughs> see what he loved. And it's kind of fun, but uh, it's the same concept. Just like they, they encourage their siblings about what's coming because they've been through it and that kind of thing. That is such a sweet idea. I love that. Yeah, it is a good idea. Uh, I'm the same. My my seventh grader is wants to be a teacher right now. So she often, I'm like, would you like to read a book? Yeah. And like, yes. And so she'll like set up the room like a classroom and, you know, pretend that she's the teacher and she'll offer to help him with math, which I appreciate because I need math. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think it's just a matter of a child's personality, I would agree. Do spouses help you at all? Do you have dad helping? We've we've gone through seasons where he had more time and was able to. Um, he starts books and sometimes doesn't get quite to the end of us. So we we tease him about that. One of the kids will say, oh, that's the book we haven't finished yet. Oh, we're still going to finish that one. <laughs> Uh, he likes to, but I find that the short-term things, not the books, are, like just tonight's help for this one thing uh, works a little better for us in our time limitations. Right. I, I am, we're similar to Sarah. Um, I don't think that we ever, you know, I don't think he ever necessarily says, let me take this subject for a while or anything. Um, but it, I, he helps me a lot for one thing with support because I think homeschooling parents just need so much support because there are days when you're just like, this is not working. I'm sending everybody to public school tomorrow. <laughs> and <the> you, <laughs> yes. And you just have to have that person that's like, no, remember why we did this. You're doing fine. It's all fine. Um, and so he plays a huge role there. And he also, um, I don't know if, if y'all feel this way sometimes, but I love the togetherness that homeschool provides, but sometimes it gets to be a, a little much. And so he will, you know, if one of them is getting a little bit uh, irritated with siblings, he will take them to work and they do their work with him that day. And so that's kind of one of the things that he's able to step in and give everybody a little break. So We've done that too. That helps. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, okay. So let's talk schedules a little bit. I know that Sarah's talked a little bit about how she um, structures her schedule. Do you guys, how, what kind of schedule works for multiple children, multiple ages do you find? Well, I, I really think that you have to schedule around your family's natural rhythms. And that changes every 
year for us. Every mm -hmm. single year, we've had little tweaks to our schedule um, that, you know, just, I don't know, it just happens through a family's seasons, I guess. But, um, and so as a homeschool family, I think you have to learn to be really flexible with your schedule. Like you can't just get cemented to it to the point where you can't change it. And then um, I remember when, when my kids, when my girls were really tiny, I would plan the read alouds that weren't necessarily age appropriate for them. Maybe they'd get bored with it, or maybe it, it was a little bit much for them. Um, I would plan those during nap time. And so that was kind of our history time. And um, then we would, I would plan math when they were occupied doing something else. You know, it was just kind of like we planned the day around the little ones, the, the youngest ones at the beginning. And now I kind of find that we've almost flipped because my older kids now have more extracurricular activities that we have to kind of adjust to. And so it's, it's kind of funny that, that it has flip-flopped like that, but um, you have to just take your family's natural um, schedule and plan homeschool around that. I don't think you can really force a homeschool schedule because I've tried it and it didn't work. So I'll just tell you now, it doesn't work. <laughs> You have to kind of, you know, know what your family needs first and then develop a schedule around that. So that's what I would say. And, and like I said, don't get stuck on it because it will change. Maybe next year, maybe tomorrow, something will come up. And we've always been, I've always wanted the kids to see life happening. You know, that's one of the great things about homeschool is that you aren't, you know, from eight to 3.30, you aren't just in this, you know, inside these four walls. And so if we needed to go do something, we would go do it. If we need, if we had a visitor come over, we would stop everything and visit, you know? And so they've always kind of known that we have a flexible schedule. I would say for us, um, some of the things, some of the things you're saying resonate a lot with me when then it's what, the same we do. Um, but now, with how many ages we have, we still, you still, we still playing around those nap times. I tell you that <laughs> doesn't stop around here. Uh, um, but also when they were all a, a little younger, um, I would do a lot, even while they're sitting down, eating breakfast and then mm -hmm. sitting down, eating lunch. I felt like I had a lot of attention then. And so I would get a lot of subjects done just during breakfast before they even got up and going, because I would feel like, wow, we've already done math. That was the hardest thing, you know, or, or we got that read aloud out or out of the way right away during breakfast. It was great. And um, some of those things, I also agree 100% with you. You just have to be so flexible for me and how our day is going and how much time it takes me to get through everybody's stuff. It is four days of we try not to be too flexible. <laughs> we try to get through it all. You know what I mean? And then have those three days where all, all of the other life happens. So I try to plan appointments um, away or like later in the day when I'm no, when I know I'm done, because if I have too many interruptions, it's just not going to happen. And we just fall, we start falling in behind very quickly, but, um, we probably have a unique situation with so many ages and so many, um, kids, but, uh, yeah, doing things at breakfast, being willing to change. I've changed the way I've done things like every year or every two years, or sometimes in January when I'm just sick of it all, <laughs> if it's not working, 
there is always a solution. And I always feel like the Lord has something for us, something different for me. If, if I'm coming up against a roadblock over and over, I just start praying about it. And cause you get, you can't always come up with the idea and, and the Lord will give me an idea and it just makes such a difference. So, um, I would encourage, I encourage moms a lot. If it's not working, just ask the Lord what you could just do different. And sometimes it's a little tweak that makes all the difference in the world. Like, oh, I need to save that one thing for nap time, or I need to get that done before breakfast or whatever. And I didn't know they could focus like that before breakfast or, you know, it, it can be one little thing that makes all the difference in a schedule and just being able to make it through it. But there's no sense in being tortured through the schedule. I think you can find something that works great for your family and that you're happy and excited to wake up and do every day. And that's always my goal. Like if it's, if I'm not happy and excited about what I'm doing, uh, there might be something that needs to be tweaked here, but we can find that again. And it is possible and it's somewhere out there. <laughs> That's really good. That's very good. And making sure that they are uh, eating is very good. We actually, we actually introduced a mid-morning snack, which let's just be honest, nobody actually needs. I mean, does anybody really need a snack between eight and 12? No. My toddlers do. <laughs> My kids say that they do. They'll, they, they will probably go to college expecting goldfish at 1030, yeah. but we always stop in mid morning after we take a, a little break, we gather back and we do a read aloud and they, they eat goldfish seriously, yeah. because there's just something about keeping that mouthful that really helps the focus. You are so right. Yeah. And then I, I also, um, have always tried to put my youngest in early in the day. So teaching my youngest or spending time with my youngest, cause I find that you always end up spending the time that you need with the older ones. Um, although now the high school ones are running here and there, that gets harder too. Uh, but, but I start with my kindergartner or my first grader, whoever's my youngest. And then also if I have toddlers that are just hard, you know, sometimes little ones wake up on the wrong, we all wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes, but little ones, man, they're going to tell you about it. Yeah. And so sometimes I just take some time just sitting with them in the morning, doing those little things with the little ones in the morning can make a huge difference in how your day goes too. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. I saw on Facebook, I think it was a Facebook post. Someone posted, if you could describe your homeschool in one word, what would it be? And the best comment was hungry. <laughs> I miss the days when like it wasn't open floor plans and kitchens had doors you could shut <laughs> I want to I want to close my kitchen how do you do that <laughs> right? close. Yeah. Um, also there are tons and tons of different ways that you can schedule you can learn how other people do it on the sunlight blog and even on some Facebook groups you know sunlight has the Facebook um, I'm sorry, the Sunlight Connections group, you can certainly join that, but any homeschooling group really can give you all different kinds of ideas. And maybe it's one, maybe you try 10 before you find it, maybe you switch it up. It is all about being flexible. So you're both very right on that. And there's tons of people out there on, on advice on how to, yeah. how to maybe change it up if you need to. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about organization. Sunlight has a lot of books. We're not the only homeschool curriculum that does that, I'm sure. Um, but talk to me a little bit about how you organized your homeschool. 
I'm going to let Sarah start on this one because this is not a strong point for me. <laughs> Sorry, just not. I can see you have books behind you. Well, that's because this is our library room and it's probably the most important room in the whole place. So yeah, yeah, but Sarah, go ahead and then I'll just kind of fill in. <laughs> Boy, we just, we just separate them by cores. You know, we have almost every core. So <laughs> we just have them separated, but books wander sometimes. But thankfully my older ones, they always remember which core that book belongs in. Cause I don't, I should have done the sticker system way back in the beginning. Kind of wish I did. Um, but yeah, we just keep them all, we keep them all out because kids like to go back to them. So even if we're not using a core, which is rare, <laughs> we have it out. And um, I like them behind closed cupboards. I finally put them behind closed cupboards because um, we're not the neatest. I, you know, some of us are neater than others, but we're all sharing the same shelves. <laughs> and we just kind of keep them in groupings of cores and that's how we do it, I guess. Yeah. I. I don't have any special anything for organization because I'm not great at it. I'm the person that sets the books, you know, like this on top of the other books that are neatly stacked. And I, I don't know, but I, I would say that as far as organization goes, because, because homeschool parents have um, not just the school to organize, but their home as well. I have always kind of gone with the, you have your non-negotiable area of the house. And for me, the non-negotiable area is the kitchen. The kitchen has to stay clean and be clean every day or I won't cook. I just won't do it. And so we kind of, as long as the kitchen stays clean and cleared off, then I'm good. Everywhere else in the house can be a mess and um, it's okay, but that kitchen has to be clean. And so anytime we use the kitchen for, um, you know, homeschooling or books or anything, it just immediately gets cleared back off. And I don't keep clutter in the kitchen. The clutter goes to another room. Um, and so that's kind of the way that I approach organization. It's kind of a, you have to Think about what's most important and then let everything else go. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about it. Um, how now that you guys have older children too, this changes quite a bit, but independent work, um, where do you find that you are more involved um, on a day to day? And then where do you kind of let them be independent? For me, um, oh, it definitely obviously depends on the age of the child, but once they're strong readers, I've had actually a couple of kids that, that do much better reading. They're probably visual learners, uh, much better reading the material themselves than me reading it to them. And so I would move them over to even reading their own history a lot sooner than others. And so I've kind of noticed that um, child by child as I'm asking them questions as I'm reading to them and I released stuff a little earlier and then, or I try to release a science, hey, why don't you read this and realize that they're not getting much of it. And so take that right back. <laughs> and, um, and my goal is always for them to be as independent as early as they can. I, I have a lot of kids and I think it's also very good for them to be independent learners and learn by themselves. That's part, most of the reason I'm homeschooling. I want them to learn how to learn by themselves. So as soon as they can do that, I release them, but some kids have definitely been earlier than others. Um, I also have done like the, um, I told you I do audiobooks and things like that that help them be independent a little more. 
but I've also done like story of the world. We did it on CD, is it? Or DVD? I can't remember. And it's awesome. They love it. And they, it's made them more independent in that his, in those two years that we do that. And um, they get so much more out of it probably because all the narrative voices and all that better than what I would do. So <laughs> there's a lot, I, I do feel like there's a lot of resources too, that can help that in other words. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I'm a little bit opposite uh, from Sarah on this. And one reason is because I, I just love it so much. Sunlight is exactly the way that I wish that I had learned uh, growing up. And so the first two or three years that we used sunlight, I felt like I learned so much. And so I think that I have a little bit of trouble letting go. I'm actually struggling a little bit with my high school kids this year because I'm having to let them go a little bit and they're having to do, you know, science and history by themselves. And, and I'm just not getting to do it with them as much as I once did. And so that's kind of been a learning curve for me, but I do want them to be independent on, you know, on most subjects at some point. And so I think one of the mistakes that, that we make as homeschool parents a lot is trying to force independence too early, you know, and um, not realizing that they have to learn to be independent first before we let them go. You know, they have to know that you have to read the directions at the top of your math. You have to look at the samples and before you, you know, can do this. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really important to uh, help your child become independent is even though they're learning independently, I think it's really important to give immediate feedback because if a child goes through a whole page of math problems and completes them wrong, then for one thing, they're going to be really upset when you tell them that they have to redo the entire page. But for another thing, they have practiced that wrong habit over and over and over and over again. And so that has kind of cemented that incorrect process in their mind. And so I try to, I try to stay close to my independent learners um, and I try to give them immediate feedback. Like I really, it happens, but I really try not to let things sit before they get feedback. So that's the goal, at least. It does happen some, but we try not to. How long does it normally take per day um, to get through school? Well, we, we do four days a week as well. I was so thrilled when Sunlight came out with the actual four-day schedule because for several years, I had just been fitting five days into four days. Um, and so when the four day came around, I was so excited because I just felt like we had so much more time, but, um, we do four days and we, we do four full days. You know, we start at eight o'clock and we go to about three 30. Um, sometimes my big kids will go past that, but I, it's kind of like Sarah said, when we're done Thursday afternoon, we're done. I mean, we don't pick anything back up Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's the great thing. And we don't carry things home. You know, we don't, we don't carry things over into dinner, you know, like once, once school is done, we're done and no homework. If, if there is such a thing in homeschooling, I don't know if there is. But. <laughs> yeah. For, um, for us, 
we actually do fit five days into four. I don't know why we still do that. <laughs> There's some good books in there. I don't want to miss out on. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm a list checker. Obviously I like to get everything. <laughs> That's why my kids are all in their own core, I think, um, which is my own issue. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's an all day thing for me, especially now my kids, because I have them very independent, they have all like my older ones, I would say my 12 year old and or my 11 year old and up, they, they go to the library, they get all these extra history books, they're doing all their extra, whatever, they're learning all these things on their own. So they love to just do their own, get their own, get their school done with me so they can get do their own thing, right? And their own learning and, or go play with their friends. And then, um, so they are motivated to get a lot done earlier, but because I have so many things to do with so many kids, for me, it does take solidly often till four, sometimes five, sometimes in the evening, I'm still, Hey, we haven't read together yet. Let's go read. Um, but it, that doesn't mean that my kids are working all day long. And yeah. so, and that, and that's why it's also important for me to do only four days. Cause it's, they're long four days, but mom needs a break. <laughs> yeah. And then we also homeschool year round just so that we get, we homeschool like six weeks on and then two weeks off because, um, it's intense those four days for me. I think I do it more for me, but my kids love it too. So gives lots of people, other learning opportunities, <laughs> extracurricular. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. One last question, question. Um, what is best practice that you found to make sure that each child gets individualized solo mom time? That's a very structured question for how do you get individualized time with your children? I, I love the way that Sarah does it, where that is one of the benefits of everyone in their own core, for sure, is, you know, having that, this is just me and you history time. This is just me and you, you know, um, and so I love that. Ours does not come like that, and so we kind of try, ours comes in errands. Anytime my husband or I go on an errand, we try to grab a kid to go with us. And that is kind of the alone time. Um, we do tuck all of our kids in. I mean, 14 and down, they get tucked in. And so we try to do a little bit of alone time there and some talking, but it's hard. I mean, you would think that being home with your kids all day, you would get lots of that, but that's just not true. And, you know, being a children's pastor's wife and we have a homeschool co-op and I feel like my kids share me a lot. Um, and so that's something that is a constant struggle, but I'm usually pretty good at seeing when somebody needs a little more of me and I'll try to be sure to grab them and, you know, or make time to talk. So I don't know, it's nothing fancy or official, but that's, that's kind of the way we do it. Yeah. I love that. Mine is definitely when I sit down with them. I love it. We get into books together and we can't wait. Hey, it's our turn. Let's go. Go. We try to leave everybody else, go out on the front porch or wherever we can escape. And I love it. It's my, now my high schoolers, I have to be a little more creative now because they, I'm not reading books out loud to them. It was really sad. The last book you read out loud with them, it's kind of sad. And the, when you, they're right before high school and it's a good book too. You're like, oh man, <laughs> but uh, you have to be a little more creative with that. We do errands and things like that, like you do too. So, but. 
Well, very good. I appreciate you two so much sitting down and talking to me about advice on how to homeschool multiple ages, multiple children, multiple children at multiple ages. That's better. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining me and I appreciate you both. Um, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for having us. <laughs>